Support for Veterans Corner on Veterans Corner Radio is made possible by M&M Printing and the Observer News of Ruskin. Hello and welcome to Veterans Corner Radio Podcasts, information for and about veterans. This is the fourth in a series of five podcasts dealing with the Veterans Treatment Court Program here in Hillsborough County, Florida. In this podcast, host Bill Hodges talks with Judge Michael Shunte, judge for the Veterans Treatment Court for the 13th Judicial District in Hillsborough County. Bill and Judge Shante delve into the actions of the court itself that deals with the veterans in this special program. We hope that if a program of this nature is not in your area, you will bring this podcast to the attention of those with the power to institute it. Here now is Bill Hodges with Veterans Corner Radio on Veterans Corner Radio Podcasts. Welcome to Veterans Corner, a show dedicated to providing information to all those who have served our country's military and to their families. Now, here is your host, newspaper columnist, management trainer, and Air Force veteran, Bill Hodges. Hi, I am Bill Hodges, and this is Veterans Corner Radio. And we have a special guest today, one who I'm proud to call a friend. I've known for a lot of years now. I used to interview him when he was a state representative. He went on to bigger and better and greater things. Judge Michael Shante. Judge Shante is the Veterans Treatment Court judge for the 13th District here in Florida, Judicial District. And he's got a wonderful story to tell. Judge Shante, tell us a little bit about your military background. Sure, uh, Bill. And thank you so much for giving your listeners the opportunity to learn more about our Veterans Treatment Court. Uh, briefly, I'm, I'm in my 23rd year of service with the United States Army Reserve. I'm a colonel. Uh, I command the 8th Legal Operations Detachment, which is part of U.S. Army Reserve Legal Command. Uh, we're headquartered out in the Midwest states. And uh, in the course of those 22, 23 years, I've had multiple tours of duty in Iraq and Afghanistan, served as a military magistrate out in Iraq, uh, presiding over war tribunals and detention hearings. And uh, since that time, served in the United States uh, Department of State uh, as a senior diplomat, working on security agreements, Uh, worked closely with General Allen and General Petraeus when they were commanders of ISAF forces. I was at the embassy over in Kabul. But all of that experience has uh, truly given me great perspective. The breadth of that experience, the depth of my legal experience, I think has served me well. Uh, as a member of our local judiciary, and of course, presiding over our men and women in Veterans Treatment Court. You know, you bring to the job something that very few judges have, and that's the background and experience of the people who are coming before you. True. I've walked in the various shoes that many of these veterans experience. Uh, Some of the troubles that I have seen in my tours, they are experiencing. So clearly, I can empathize with the struggles. Uh, As we say in our ranks, you don't return with the same bags you deployed with. (laughs) That's the truth. Well, you leave a little bit of yourself in every deployment and you take a little bit of that deployment home with you. And I'm no different. Well, some of these guys have been over there six and seven and eight times. Yeah. 
And then they come home and people say, Afghanistan, where's that? There's a war over there. And then they go back again. It's so true. I myself, I've been over there four times and I, I understand the desire to want to remain in theater. You know, you're part of a greater mission to help save lives, help fix problems. And so I can see how soldiers, service members keep going back uh, into the fight. But they come home, they, they're dealing with difficulties that they just can't cope with. And so that is where my calling is in presiding over this Veterans Treatment Court. I recognize the difficulties that they face, whether it's through mental health disorders, post-traumatic stress, the substance use disorders that they are inflicted with as a result of kind of self-medicating those bad memories. You know, we deal with that on a daily, weekly, monthly basis in Veterans Treatment Court. And you've actually seen a lot of the files of things that happened while you were over there and understand the damage that those files can do. Yeah, absolutely. And that's part of that empathy where I've experienced some of the same, you know, horrors that they have experienced and being able to relate to these veterans who appear in front of me, trying to break down those traditional barriers. I try to instill, you know, trust, encourage them to be honest so that we can get to the core of their mental health uh, illness, get to the root of their drug addiction. And it seems to be working. Uh, this is a safe place, you know, for our veterans. Um, this veterans treatment court that we have Clearly, it's one of the largest in the state of Florida, arguably one of the most successful in the country. Uh, It serves as a national model for veteran treatment courts across the country. It was recognized by the United States Congress in 2019 as part of the Veterans Treatment Court Coordination Act. They they referenced our program as uh, incorporating uh, many, if not all of the best practices for problem-solving courts. And I think VTCs in general reflect a national movement toward assisting veterans who struggle with mental health and addiction. And it's part of that problem-solving approach that we have here in Hillsborough County. Let's go back. If someone comes into the legal system, how do they end up in your court? Very good question. So their very first introduction to potentially coming into VTC is through the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office. Many of these folks, or most of them, have committed criminal offenses. They make their way, of course, to Sheriff Chronister's uh, jails. He has a veterans treatment pod. He has individuals within his staff that identify those who have military service. And then Julianne Holt's office through Mr. Gonzalez and others will go to the jail to do a quick assessment to find out whether or not they potentially are eligible. They'll make application to the state attorney's office and Mr. Warren's office makes the decision as to whether or not they're one, eligible for veterans treatment court, and then two, whether the state attorney's office is going to admit them into this program. And that's a significant change because the state of Florida, the legislature and the governor changed the law in 2021, effective July 1st, where the decision who is eligible and who is admitted to a veterans treatment court across the state of Florida used to rest with the presiding veterans treatment court judge. That now is left to the state attorney's office. Well, I just did a program in fact, this is a series. I did one with Sheriff Cronister, Julianne Holt from the Public Defender's Office, Andrew Warren from the Prosecutor's Office. And they are all super high on this program. And your judge uh, ability is just, you know, they're, they really feel like they're part of a team. 
They are. It's a wonderful partnership that's been established, most importantly, between the state attorney's office and the public defender's office, of course, working with the court. Um, We have a collaborative approach, Bill. And so for your listeners, the VTC, as was developed from Judge Weiss, built upon by Judge Holder, and then carried on and and expanded by myself, we're focused on this non-punitive problem-solving approach to the criminal justice system. We can't do it alone. That requires the public defender's office, the state attorney's office, the criminal defense bar, the veterans administration, and of course, probation and the sheriff. But what oftentimes isn't highlighted is the significance of our mentor program, which is very unique. Men and women who have served, uh, some of whom currently serve, but most who have retired, serve as mentors for our veterans. And that will be my next show. We'll do a series of five on the Veteran Treatment Court because you are now the model for the entire country and maybe even for other countries. Yeah, well, we are. And uh, in fact, it's funny that you mentioned that. We had some uh, barristers from England that came over to visit and learn more about our court. They were not familiar uh, with the Veterans Treatment Court concept. And it's my hope, uh, certainly made myself available for guidance or to answer questions that they can maybe set up a veteran treatment court in England, uh, certainly in the Great Britain area. I served with many, uh, many of us in this veteran treatment court served in uh, joint operations where uh, we were serving with coalition partners. So those men and women struggle with the same issues that American service members struggle with. Uh, Colonel Reyes, though, is credited with bringing this court to fruition. He and uh, Richard Weiss Judge Weiss, uh, back in 2013, recognized the need. We didn't have it, and they kind of got the ball rolling. You know, the thing about this court is a little different because in normal courts, uh, somebody comes in and pleads guilty or not guilty, and then there's a trial, and there's all kind of things. But that doesn't happen in this court. How does it work in your court? So originally, when I took over in 2017, uh, the court, I was making the determination as to whether or not uh, a veteran was one eligible, and then whether or not I chose to admit this person into the program. Back in that day, it was a diversionary program, meaning individuals did not have to enter a plea. They could just waive speedy trial and come on into our program. And if they were successful, eventually uh, the charges would be dismissed. That decision now rests with the state attorney's office. And so we have a hybrid. Some cases come through still under diversion. Uh, Again, that decision rests with the state attorney's office. Uh, Others come in a post adjudication where they have entered a a plea, they're on probation. And as a condition of probation, they are to participate in the Veterans Treatment Court. And they actually make a contract with you. That is correct. And work through certain areas and when that's done, they go into whatever, but, but that's only a part of it. You actually work with them with a contract. Well, that's true. We do. Uh, every veteran that participates in this program, the, the rules, the requirements, the expectations are all codified in a participant agreement. Some of them are post-adjudication agreements. Others are diversionary agreements, and that is a an arrangement that is crafted between the state, the assigned assistant state attorneys, and the criminal defense attorneys. They work together, come to an agreement on the terms, and then that is presented to the court after all parties have signed. You know, one of the things that I I had the pleasure of doing and and the honor 
of being there for what you call a graduation ceremony. And I walked out of there with tears in my eyes. And I walked, when I walked out, I looked at the other people and they all felt the same way. Watching these people who might otherwise have been put off into a jail somewhere, come through this program and be different people. Their lives changed, their families' lives changed. So true. Uh, for you to be able to witness and have your listeners uh, visit this court to bear witness as to how moving these experiences are, these graduation ceremonies are, words just can't give it justice. And uh, I would invite members of our community, your listening audience, if they have time to come visit, it's their court. Uh, I would welcome them because it's a labor of love for all of us, certainly for myself. Um, what we try to do is create a safe place for veterans to be honest about what their troubles are so that we can then get to the core root problems. Um, the graduations is a culmination of a lot of hard work. Uh, veterans are in our program as little as nine to 10 months, sometimes as long as two to three, four years. It's not an easy program. It wasn't meant to be easy. I set standards for our veterans and I maintain accountability. At the end of the day, we have to ensure public safety, uh, but I am focused on their health, their rehabilitation, and of course, saving lives. And I think the objectives of identifying mental health issues early, trying to implement these therapeutic plans to encourage treatment are critical to getting them into the VA and into services as quickly as possible, and then being able to manage and adapt that treatment plan as the circumstances present. Many of them relapse. We don't focus on jail. We don't send folks to jail. I get people out of jail. I prevent folks from going to jail. That is our focus. We want to keep them out of the criminal justice system. We want to provide you know, happiness, health, and give them hope for tomorrow. You know, and as a fiscal conservative myself, I am so pleased because every time someone doesn't go to jail, gets put on the right path, and is not being in recidivism where they're showing back up in the court again, and have to be dealt with, that saves us a lot of money. And your court is probably the lowest rate of recidivism of any court in the nation. So true. VTC, our Veterans Treatment Court, you know, we save tax dollars that would otherwise be used for incarceration, whether in jail or in prison. So the fact that the veteran that comes into this program, their first step into this veteran treatment court program is through Hillsborough County Jail. And then I, working with this in a collaborative effort with the state attorney's office, the public defender's office, the criminal defense bar, the Hillsborough County Sheriff's office, the VA, and our mentors, try to get these veterans out of jail as quickly as possible and into treatment, and then just encourage them. And the successes are unparalleled. I am so excited about this court. I think I'm probably uh, a Pollyanna when it comes to it, because I see the value of it and the various things you've been doing. Judge Shante, I've run out of time, but I want to thank you, Judge Michael Shante, Veteran Treatment Court, for everything you do. And a lot of people don't see the amount of time you spend besides the time on the bench to make this program successful. So much thanks to goes to you for that. Well, and Bill, let me just say thank you for bringing greater attention to the struggles of veterans and what we are doing as a community from you know, the state attorney's office, the public defender's office, our mentors, and this court, because not, not many people are aware of it. Uh, we just do our business quietly, but we are truly saving lives. Thank you, Bill.
Ladies and gentlemen, you're unique, you're special, and you're great. Thank you so much for being with us on Veterans Corner Radio. And again, Judge Shante, thank you for being here. We'll talk to you again next week. You've been listening to Veterans Corner with your host, Air Force veteran Bill Hodges. The views expressed on this program are those of Bill and his guests and are opinions based on the best available information. In matters of law or governmental regulation, it will always be best to check with the appropriate agency. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us for the next Veterans Corner. Before we go, here's a quick final thought. Why not take a minute to follow or mark Veterans Corner Radio podcasts as a favorite? It's easy, and you'll be among the first to be notified when new episodes of the podcast are released. And thanks for listening to Veterans Corner Radio Podcasts.